And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100% And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Well, welcome to everyone. It is our holiday show. It is almost Christmas. Actually, it is Christmas when you're viewing this. And I hope you all had a great Christmas, happy holidays to everyone, no matter what you do, be it Kwanzaa or Hanukkah or any of those things. We at the Wing and Podcast hope you had a great time with family and friends. And we are here to talk about the mixings of MMA and the boxing world. Combat sports is what we do. Josh Thompson, how are you doing, my man? You know how I'm doing, John. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff I'd like to tell everybody. A little you know under what? the weather. I want all of you guys to enjoy your your Christmas with your family, your friends. Please don't drink and drive. Stay safe. And uh, hopefully you guys enjoy this show. It's something to get you guys through the weekend when there's a little downtime between drinks with family. So hopefully you, you guys know enjoy what? For the, the show. For the holidays, we wanted to bring someone on that has a big personality, is fun, is one of the stars of the future. He is one of the best Bantamweight fighters there is on the planet, and he is going places. We have got a great interview with the man, Super Stotts, Rafion Stotts. Hope you enjoy. And now we are lucky enough to have a guy that is the future of MMA. We got a guy who is 17 and 1 at this point, and he is on a hot streak. What, nine wins in a row? We got Rafion Superstats with the best hair in MMA. We talk about it all the time. <laughs> Never cut that, dude. That is awesome. How you feeling, brother? Man, I'm feeling really good, man. I'm feeling awesome. It's uh, Christmas time, you know, in Texas, and I don't got to worry about no snow. I ain't got to worry about nothing. <laughs> I'm feeling really good. So you you live you live in Houston though, but then you train up there at Rufus Sports. Yeah, so I just moved to Houston, uh, like pretty much right before that Maga Man fight. So in uh -huh. August. Uh, so we moved down here um, just because I'm from Houston. We had a second baby, and it was like closer to family. So. Now I'm so yeah I'm I'm doing my camps in uh Milwaukee. Got it, got it. So you head up there for what six to eight weeks before before the fight? Uh yeah, it's probably closer to the five to six. Probably I'm a um which I don't I don't know for sure. <clears throat> when I get a date, um I'll probably head up there. Uh I'll probably head to Corey Sanhagen's for like a week or so mm -hmm. or a week or two or so, and then I'll head to uh, Rufus Sport. And where's Sanhagen at? He's in Colorado. Got, uh, okay, but uh. Uh, elevation. elevation yeah elevation with trevor whitman yep. mm -hmm. god where do you train then uh during this time so i train with uh uh adrian yanez um <laughs> he's uh <clears throat> his coach just kind of uh passed away actually south like, solis yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Solis, like, as soon as i got here um he kind of passed away so uh like uh me him cameron smotherland smotherman uh, Mana uh, Martinez, some some uh, guys are training here. But um, like when I would come down, I would come and I would train with them, and uh, they got pretty good work ethic, and it's uh, they align with what what I'm trying to do. God, this is tough, man. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, good good work. Got like good yeah, boxing good work for you. Good good yeah. boxing. Yeah, take down so defense. So, um, too, like kind of while I've been here. You just got to make sure that all of your fights are towards the summertime. That way you don't have to go to Milwaukee in the winter because no one wants to be in Milwaukee in the winter. Man, I know. And I didn't, you don't realize how bad you got it until you get away from it. <laughs> 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 now I'm like, oh, man, I don't want to go back. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, uh, 
you know, I, I do love my family there in uh, Milwaukee, so I'll be back. I'll be back. That's yeah. great. The only thing is, though, is the finals will probably be sometime during the winter, so you're going to be stuck. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if the finals are there, I'll be like, ah, man, maybe I can't train there, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to be. Oh. <laughs> Well, let's talk about this because you you're in the bantamweight featherweight. I'm mean, excuse me, the bantamweight world grand prix, and mm-hmm. your teammate is the champion, and I'm sure they're probably going to set you on opposite ends of the bracket, so you don't have to meet each other unless it's for the championship, or I guess it would be for the championship no matter what if you guys met, yeah. but yeah. probably put you on opposite ends, so you would if you both made it, you'd both meet in the finals. What is that going to be like for you? And and are you going to then say, you know what, I'm going to have to move camps? Is he is he more established at Rufus Sports? So you're the guy that's going to have to move. So you might be going to elevation and working with Corey or them. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like if if there was anybody to have to move, I would feel like it would be me, just because uh, Sergio has grown up there. You know, um, uh, you know he's been there. He's been there longer. Um, you know. Um, but I, I haven't really talked to anybody. We haven't really talked about. Uh, we just like literally pretend it's not gonna happen until it's probably. Gonna happen. <laughs> um, so yeah, we haven't talked. I haven't talked to Serge. I haven't talked to Coach about like what what they're comfortable with. You know, I'm comfortable with training. You know, um, if we we have to like split up training or anything like that, like I'm comfortable with that. Uh, like part of it is because like you know I, I'm loyal. I feel loyal to like, like the coaches and the. Um, the team I have at uh, Rufus Sport, you know, mm-hmm. I don't want to like, oh, uh, now that I'm fighting for fi- finals, you know, uh, like go someplace else, you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. When they brought me up and um, I've been with them since I've I've been a pro, you know what I mean? So um, so I want to be there. But um, like if it causes conflict or anything like that, um, I would assume that I would have to be the one not saying like I'm not liked or, or anything <laughs> yeah. like um, Who but- could not like you, Rafion? <laughs> Come on, man. I You're contagious. It'd be best for me to uh to, to go other places. And I have some like Corey Sanhagen, I'd probably train with him. I got some people here in uh Houston that I can make a, a solid camp camp with and um I, I could grow and stuff. So Yeah, I saw something similar with that. Um with uh Kamar Usman with Gilbert Burns. He left and went up to where Corey Sanhagen was at Elevate Elevation. Yeah, and uh, and he went up there and started training with Trevor Whitman, and now he basically calls good it results. Goal, but they've got great great results. But they've got a good group of people there. You know, you got Rose, you got Kamara, you got Corey, yeah. you got you got I, Justin Gaethje. You got a like, lot of top talent there. Their, their team is really good, and I kind of like how they um, it's like a couple different teams, uh, and then they come together to spar. So it's kind of like they're cross training, um, you know, different uh. Uh, theories of her fighting uh you know um yeah theories or whatever um and and i like it um i, I feel like it's it's uh, a lot of work you know um the elevation i don't necessarily notice but um i, I noticed one i hiked one time and i noticed the uh, elevation. uh <laughs> oh man I, I, the hiking like killed me and i was i thought i was good i like oh yeah i sparred you know and I didn't really uh, feel it. And then I went hiking, and it was only like two miles. And I was like, literally, my head, like, man, what happens if like a bear or something comes out here? Like, I have nothing for it. Like, I'm literally <laughs> so tired. I can't, I can't run up this this mountain. I can only walk. Like, if you, a bird, you ain't here, out running no me. bear. 
Dude, those shoes can run. They can book it, You brother. ain't out running no bear, man. In my head, so in the hood, like if, if a dog come if a dog come up, I can't outrun a dog. But in my head, I'm like, okay, I got an avenue. I can jump on this car or I can like jump this fence or whatever the what's the name. If 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 something was if a dog, if a poodle came and I was on that mountain, would have caught you. No option. I didn't know what I was gonna do. Like in my head, Bro. I was like, I'm a I'm a die. I'm a die out here. If a bird, this bird is up here flying. If it want to peck me to death, I ain't got nothing for it. <laughs> Bro, you you know right? You're you're in the woods. You're not gonna run and climb anything a bear can't climb. By the way, like it's like it's like if you're it's like if you're in, you know, like you're you're talking about when you're in the hood. You could jump over a fence. You could jump onto a car when a dog chasing you. Bro, you're in the woods. Dogs don't these climb. bears. These bears can climb all these things. If a bear come. And uh and, and try I got a tree, so it's a tree right there. I can hide, you know what I'm saying? I can You I can ain't hide. Hide. hide from what? <laughs> hide from what? <laughs> I can have something in between me, you know. Hey, no. I'm a survival. I'll survive if I That's like Ooh. trying to say you're gonna outswim a shark. What are you talking about? <laughs> you're in the ocean, bro. You're in the ocean. We're, we're gonna you're we're gonna we're gonna have to right. set Rafi on up with Chad Mendes and get him some uh nature courses. Hey, I need to because <laughs> I was that was, was dead, man. That was dead. <laughs> Well, look at you've got this the Grand Prix coming, and they have not said who's fighting who. You know who's in the the entire tournament, though. Who is it that you look at and say that's that's the guy I want first? Ah, oh, man, I just I want to fight um, Archuleta. Just for me, I feel like he's got like the toughest, like he's the toughest um, like fight for me. I feel like. Um, just because because of his cardio and his wrestling, uh, you know what I mean. Um, I just feel like he'll be like one of my toughest uh fights. I, I, I guess people are tough in different different ways, you know what I mean. Um, so I just and I want to knock knock him off. Um, but uh, our, freaking Gallagher is just like low. Yeah, you know, like I said before, low hanging fruit. You know what I mean. I could just like pick. I just get advancement points. You know, if I was um. <laughs> If I was thinking about it, like, okay, I want to be smart about this. You know what I mean? Um, I picked Gallagher a little uh, twerpy, but you know what I mean? I just pick <laughs> and uh, take him out and uh, move on to the next round. But um, it's a lot of, you know, uh, good. I, Higo, uh, you know, I'd, I'd love to, to fight Higo. You know, I don't feel like um, I don't really get a lot of back and forth with Higo. I don't know if he speaks English or not. So uh, it'd be cool to, you know what I'm saying, uh, fight him. Um and uh, or I mean, it's a just man. There's options everywhere. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, what what if? I mean, I'm just throwing this out here. What if? What if they said, "Hey, you're fighting Pettis first round." <sighs> just, I mean, what can I do? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's that's the thing. It's here's the thing. It's for the title, and you're yeah. ranked number two. So that puts you in that position of, mm-hmm. I it's it's either shit off or get off, shit or get off the pot. Yeah, that's, exactly. I mean, that's the position and, you're put in. Me, me and Pettis has never or have never like if if they offer me the fight or whatever. I mean, I was I was contemplating um, or not contemplating. I had heard that I had might I might fight for the title before the uh, before the tournament started. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So um, I was already you know planning on maybe having a fight um, Sergio before the, before we knew about the tournament. So if 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 we have to fight first round, you know. Um, it is what it is. And that's the other thing, too. I also feel like, you know, Sergio has helped me out a lot. You know what I mean? So, um, 
I don't want to take no food off his table. Um, like that's just not the type of person I, I'm not looking at what he's got. You know what I mean? So, um, like if, if my hand is forced, it's a different story because mm-hmm. then I'm, I'm choosing like Sergio over like my family and my family, I, I, it wouldn't be fair to my family not to fight for the belt. So, um, yeah. So if it has to happen, it has to happen. I, I always look at it. You're putting, you're helping put food on his table. If you're fighting yeah. for the championship, you're making yeah. him money because he's getting paid to fight you. And you know what? That's how he, that's how he feeds his family. That's how you feed your family. And when it gets to a point, friendship is, will always be there. Yeah. But for sure. it's a business. And there comes yeah. that point. If you're fighting for a championship, I've never seen a problem. Hey, friends can fight. It's not, yeah. you know, everyone looks at like fight. Oh, you're mad at each other. No, you're not yeah. fighting mad. You're fighting I mean, to win. Every free, I mean, a lot of times in practice. So we might as well get paid for it. There you, you know? go. Yeah. That's yeah. it. I've always looked at it, though, too. You want to do it in the finals when the million dollars on the line. Sure, yeah. it would suck, but at least you guys have both made money leading up to that point all the way to that main point. You yeah, know, because I, if some if someone gets knocked off early, they're kind of waiting around now for the tournament to get done. And that sucks, you know, knowing that both of you guys are top tier. It's that would be that be that would kind of suck. But when you look at a tournament a tournament format, how do you match it? Does the champion always fight the best person? Does, or does you do it like or do you do it how the NC2A does it with their tournaments? You know, the number 1 plays number 64, whatever it is, you know what I mean? Yeah. Right, yeah. I don't know how you would break it up. I don't know. Who's 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 in charge, you know? Maybe I give him a call and they say, hey, I think his name's Scott Coker. <laughs> I could be wrong, but I think that's what his name is. Yeah, good luck with that, brother. Good yeah. luck. You give him that call. Yeah, look at how that turns out. You'll probably have the same response that both Josh and I get from it. <laughs> Silence. We'll see what happens when we announce it, Josh. Uh, he texts me from a burner phone. That's probably yeah. why. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, you, you know, he texts you. He texts you or called you from one of his uh, employees' phones. <laughs> He's like, I don't know. These people would get my number. So hey, let, let's talk about your early start of your career. You, know, you you said you were with Rufus, but you were actually with Jens Pulver for a while, and he's the guy that kind of got you started. Talk about yep. your time with Little Evil there. Yeah, so I um so right after wrestling um in college, I I was like, tell everyone where you wrestled at. I know, but oh yeah, so I wrestled at uh, Nebraska Kearney, um, which is I, the same place that who wrestles at. Wrestled the same that. place at Kamara Usman. There you wrestled. go. Um, yeah, so it's a, a Division II um, NCAA school, uh, four-year college um, in Nebraska. So I wrestled there. Uh, this was my – so I, actually, I wrestled in um, in a junior college before that, and then I transferred to this four-year college. And um, I was done with wrestling after winning two national t- championships. For those who don't know, I won two national championships in wrestling. <laughs> Um, you know, um, yeah, so I was done with wrestling and I was just kind of finishing up my degree and, and helping out at the, at coach at the school pretty much. Um, so I would go to the practice and help the, uh, the, the, the guys coming up, uh, wrestle while I finished my degree. Uh, and then there was some guys doing MMA. One of my friends, Josh Smith, uh, he was doing MMA. One of my friends, TJ Hepburn was doing MMA. Uh, and they, the, the, some of the MMA guys wanted like, uh, somebody to help with wrestling, help, uh, teach wrestling pretty much. And, um, some of the dudes that didn't know how to wrestle, they just wanted a class for wrestling. And gents had actually came to me and asked me, Hey, could you, um, because I was like helping out with, with, uh, TJ and, and Josh just helping him out, uh, for workouts and stuff. And, um, he was like, Hey, you want to help, help me? Cause he started an MMA gym 
in Nebraska Kearney. So, um, yeah, so he started an MMA gym at Nebraska Kearney, and then he uh, he asked me to, to help him uh, do the wrestling. It's funny because when he first came there, I think it was like on my birthday, and uh, I didn't know who he was or whatever. And uh, I was like, I had just won national champion. I thought pretty highly of myself when I was, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. at a bar or something. But I got kicked out of a bar uh, because I tried to get a drink in front of him or something, and uh, and everybody was like, "Hey, no, like, don't mess with him, like, <laughs> like, leave <laughs> bro, like, this me, Rafion, you know what I'm saying?" And I got kicked out because I was too drunk. But um, yeah, so I started, I started there, and um, yeah, he got me to do jujitsu, then he got me to do boxing, and then uh, he just like you know, uh, kind of talked me into doing uh, some MMA fights. Um, just because he was like, man, you, you pick up things really fast and um, you like a sponge. Like, I'm telling you, man, yeah, just do it. You know what I mean? And uh, he's got a way of just convincing me to do anything. So, yeah. So I, I did a couple MMA fights with him in Nebraska. And then um, it, we, it was kind of hard to, like, find fights just because of the wrestling background. And then the gym had ended up um, uh, shutting down, like um, – not enough people came or whatever. Uh, they didn't mm -hmm. get uh, the numbers that they wanted. And so I moved with him. Uh, well, he was moving back to uh, Iowa. And um, I'm, I moved with him back to Iowa and got a place in Iowa and started training at uh, Pat Militage's gym in, at uh, Militage. Mm -hmm. And that was pretty much all of my am amateur career was uh, with, with Jens Pover and then a little bit at the end with uh, Pat Militage. What made so the, you, what, yeah, what what made made the you, switch over to Rufus Sport? So uh, Pat Militage and Gents were doing kind of commentating. Uh, Gents was doing the Wimp to Warrior in Australia, mm -hmm. and then uh, Pat was doing the LFAs. And so um, we didn't really have a coach. Like, uh, they would come, you know, when, when they would be back in town or whatever. But uh, it was just like uh, it wasn't enough for me to – I didn't feel like I was, you know, uh, progressing every day. Also, the, um, the, uh, the, the fighters I was um, – uh, training with uh, at the time uh, didn't like uh, really have as much knowledge as I, I, I felt like I needed. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, getting, I felt like I was getting away with stuff just because of my wrestling. Like I could, um, and my athleticism, you know, I didn't really have it. I had had the, the techniques dialed in, you know, I was just getting away with stuff. I felt like uh, I was able to just do stuff because I was more athletic or I had wrestled, you know what I mean? And I didn't want to, I didn't, uh, that's not how I wanted to, I, I didn't, want to progress that way you know i felt like it was going to be a long way so i i pretty much asked uh pat and gents i was like hey man um you know i'm feeling like i'm i'm kind of getting to where uh i need to make a move or i need to to find somebody that can beat me up pretty much you know um and then um pat was like hey if if i pick if if it was two places you could go um it would be rufus sport or which is down the road um or it would be uh, American Top Team. He's like, those two places, like, I feel like would be very good for you to go. Um, and so um, Rufus Sport was, I was in Iowa. Rufus Sport was only, uh, I want to say, like, two and a half hours away. Um, so we drove to pretty much Wisconsin, and um, and I checked it out. And uh, I got, like, I, like, tapped by um, Dad, Daniel Wanderlei. I got tapped by him in an amateur practice or whatever, like, uh, like four, four or five times in a round or whatever. And I was like, ah, you know what? I gotta, <laughs> I gotta <laughs> yeah. come back. If not, just to just beat this guy, this Brazilian dude. That beat this 
Like, I gotta go back, you know what I mean? So, uh, and I, I didn't even, uh, I, I went there because of the striking. Like, I needed help uh, working on my striking with Duke Rufus. Um, but I didn't even, you know, uh, it wasn't even a striking class. It was a amateur class, and I was just kind of doing whatever I wanted, like, with with amateurs or whatever, uh, with wrestling. And then this guy came and, and changed my world. So, uh, yeah, and then also when I when I came back for like a, a sparring day, you know, um, I got some good lessons, you know, got some good lumps. So, uh, I had to come back. That, that group, that group seems very open and welcoming. I mean, like, how was it to actually walk in, you know, for those first couple of weeks and be like, Hey, I'm finally, I'm sticking around. I'm staying. Cause you have Pettis, you got big, you have big Pettis, little Pettis. You've got Mayo Sanchez. You know, you've got a lot of top fighters that were out there. T Wood was there for a little bit. You know, uh, Ben Asker was there. I mean, all these people were were walking through that door at that time. So yeah, what was that it, like? I felt like when I was walking in, I just felt very small. You know, I felt like uh, <laughs> not like uh, like body wise. I just felt mm. like man, these dudes got a, a lot of accomplishments. You know what I mean? And um and just a lot of experience and a lot of knowledge and you know stuff like that so i just felt i felt like super small which for me is like or i like i like that feeling because it felt like i got like room to grow i got you know i can like piggyback off of people type of thing um you know so uh yeah so i, I that was great for me you know what i mean i got i got beat up you know and uh and i and i felt like i was i was gaining knowledge every time you know i was uh there so uh, I mean, and that's that's the other thing I feel like which has helped my career. Uh, like Tyron Woodley, Paul Felder, uh, Anthony Pettis, like these guys like know or Jens Pover, Pat Milicic, you know, um, these guys like have so much like um, intangible knowledge. You know what I mean? That I could just like learn every day, um, you know, things that 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 you don't know unless you've been there. You know what I mean? Like. Uh, when Anthony was champion, you know, uh, like the knowledge that he had, the, uh, the experience that he has, you know, and I'm constantly picking these guys' brains. So, um, yeah, that was, it was, it was amazing. So the, the first time I ever saw you fight was in the LFA. I saw you fight. I think it was Ryan Lilly. I think it was your oh, first, yeah. fi first fight there. And, yeah. uh, that was when I said, man, that, this kid could be good. And then I watched you again in the LFA and you got a couple more wins. And then, and then I watched you do a, a grappling uh, competition. It was kinetic. And I think they only had one of them, but it yeah. was, uh, you, you fought Anthony Burchak in it and you dominated him. But I think they called it a draw. There was yep. no yep. Well, points in or anything like that. It was just submission. Yeah. So that was when I first talked to you after that. And I said, what, what the hell are you doing? Why are you not fighting in the, you know, and you go, well, help me get there. Well, that's an easy thing to do. <laughs> yeah. You you are the reason I am in Bellator, to be honest. I didn't think it was an option for me. to. I I just, I didn't think, uh, you know, um, you guys would be interested in me. You know what I mean? So uh, when you had said that to me, and I was drinking then too, I was like. Uh, you <laughs> <laughs> like we didn't kick you out of the bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, why didn't you say, uh, why don't you sign with Bellator? And I was like, like, or why don't you uh, call Bellator? So I was like, um, like, have them call. Like, who do I talk to? I don't know. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. right, let me know what I need to do. You know, know? And, so, and like right after that, um, that I uh, met you, uh, it was at Emmanuel Sanchez. Emmanuel Sanchez fought uh, Tyron, Tyron Claxton in the first round of the tournament, actually. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, yeah. 
after, right after that, I like called my manager and was like, "Hey, man, uh, is like Bellator an option for me? Can I uh like go to Bellator or whatever?" And he was like, "Yeah." Especially, and, and then also like uh that first round of the tournament was like eye opening to how like Bellator operates and stuff. You know, um, like you know, it, it just seemed pretty cool. So, yeah. What has been your what like now that you just said that? What's been your experience since you've been there? Like, how did it all come about when you talked to whoever who signed you? Was it Rich Chow? Was it Kogan? Was it Rich? Was it Scott Coker? Then how how has your experience been since then after your first couple fights? Uh, one is it was it, it's either it's between Rich and Mike uh, that's been doing most of I think Rich was in the beginning, um, and so what happened was I called um, I called uh, Brian my manager at Sucker Punch and I was like hey man um, can is is Bellator an option for me or whatever and he was like uh, you you think you want to go uh, Bellator and I was like yeah I, I'm I'm I think I want to go uh, Bellator and he was like yeah well let me make a call and see you know uh, what our options are. And um, so he called, and then literally, like, so that was in the morning at, like, uh, 9. We had practice at, like, uh, uh, 12 to 2. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, like, he had called me again, like, pretty much, like, right before I headed into practice and was like, um, like, hey, they said they're interested. Here's the number, you know. And I was like, I was like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm 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 with it. Like, can I do it or whatever? And he was like, Yeah. He was like, Well, let me uh finish negotiating or whatever. And uh and then then like right after practice, uh I came back and he was like, Yeah, so we got we got the contract ready for you to sign. So it like happened like so fast. Like, you know, where, where I'm thinking like, okay, it's gonna be okay, I got maybe get in touch with somebody, then you get a week and then you know, stuff yeah. go by. But it happened like that day, and I was like, "God, man!" I don't, I don't mess around, man. When I when I see someone, I get, Josh and I used to chew Rich Chow's ear off. <laughs> Poor Rich, yeah. man. And yeah. I went right to him. I said, "Dude, if you watch him, he goes, yeah, I have." And I said, "He's available. What the hell are we doing?" And he goes, "That's a good point. Let me find out." <laughs> that was it. Oh yeah, yeah. and that was crazy to me. Also, it felt like, man, you know, like, however, like. Uh, cheesy or whatever my sound like it felt like I was wanted you know what I mean <laughs> you know yeah. so I was like like I'm I'm not gonna go keep chasing after a girl that you know is uh, not answering my DMs or you know yeah. uh, not- you're one of those guys huh man you're all up in your feelings huh yeah you, you, need, to feel, you need to feel loved uh, you're one of them guys in my head I'm like oh you gonna notice like when I get big hey you gonna you gonna wish you had me there you, you go know, <laughs> I'm not gonna be there <laughs> Oh like, man, it was super cool. Now, I mean, now that the tournament's been um, announced, yeah, and you look at that, you've already kind of said like, you know, these are the people you'd like Juan being the number one guy, probably, and like you're saying with James and even maybe with Higo. Mm-hmm. And then you know the Pettis situation is one of those things because you are number two that could potentially happen. You've already beaten Magomed Magomedov. Let's talk about that fight because that fight to me was very important. Yeah, because he was the only guy that ever really legit beat Peter Yan. And there was a lot of praise and a lot of hype around him. I was one of the guys giving him a ton of hype and you were hating on me for it, you know? <laughs> and, um, you know, and right. I, I really, I honestly believe that he was going to be one of those guys that just outworked you. Cause I had never really seen like someone push you and push you and push you to the point where your speed and your athleticism mm-hmm. didn't get you out of trouble yep. or with him. It was, he was having difficulties dealing with your speed and athleticism. Whereas I would, I would have thought it'd been the other way around. 
Talk to me about how the training went for that fight and tell everyone exactly how the training went for that fight and what preparations and stuff that you had to deal with for that fight. Um, So the training for that fight was, uh, well, my training camp was kind of crazy uh, for that fam because I, I had sold my house and I was like moving. And so we were in like Omaha. Uh, I was in Omaha probably during like the off season of the camp. And then when the camp started, actually, because we were supposed to fight and then it got moved like four weeks or something. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so I had I had came down when we found out about the fight. I think it was like uh five weeks or so. Um, I was I was going down to um, I had planned on going down to uh Rufusport because I was in I was in uh Omaha just for like a, a month or so, like uh pretty much looking for a house in Texas to buy, but we were doing it like online. Uh, and then her, my my wife's family is from mm. Omaha, so we was mm. like spending time in Omaha with them. Uh, but yeah, so then I had I had went down, and then like while I was driving down, uh, Brian had called me and was like, uh, "Yeah, so they moved the fight back um, four weeks or whatever." So like while I was driving, which is like I think like a eight hour drive or whatever to uh, Wisconsin, um, while I was driving down, uh, they they told me it wasn't. It was going to be four weeks later, so I was like, okay, I'm going to just drive back uh, because, you know, I don't need to spend, you know, uh, uh, I don't need eight weeks to uh, train. Um, usually, I'm, I'm in shape, and I'm, I'm training every day. Uh, I, pretty much, I just need, like, finite details. Uh, four weeks, I'm, I'm usually good. But, um, you know, uh, anyways, so the training for that was, like, really uh, – it, it was like really good for me because it was the first time I had trained away from my family. Um, so it was like a little bit of added motivation. So, and also I just had more time to rest and train, uh, just because I didn't have the kids, um, pretty much to like look, look, look after. Um, cause, um, usually I'm like with the kids, uh, or with my, uh, kid pretty much, uh, throughout the day, uh, until I go to practice. And so then, um, yeah, so I, I trained a lot. And then also uh, I worked with uh, Lovato, uh, which I feel like really changed my kind of my grappling, um, like how, how I looked at grappling uh, mm -hmm. because of his top control and things like that, you know. So um, and, and and his uh, like a, his ability to, to uh, create space and, and stuff like that with uh, with grappling, uh, it, it kind of changed uh, because I had more of a like a Brazilian jiu jitsu. Um, like, uh, I had a, a lot of concepts from the Carson Gracie, um, mm -hmm. Carson Gracie system. I had a bunch of concepts from bottom, but on top, I was pretty much before I was like waiting kind of until, uh, I was just waiting until people made mistakes and what I feel like Lovato, his system is, is more, uh, kind of suited toward wrestlers. Um, mm -hmm. so, you know, uh, that helped me out. And, um, I mean, my, my wrestling defense and, um, you know, striking has always kind of like been there, uh, just with, with, with Duke. Um, and then also it's not like, uh, just like a striking system. It's like the, the concepts, which I feel like for me is more important than, uh, like the techniques. Um, and that's why I like Gerald Mearshart too, for his grappling. It's like concepts of just like, uh, a simple thing. Like if I punch straight, it's going to be faster. It's going to be there more uh, quickly than if, if, if I circle, you know, things like yeah. that, uh, like rules or whatever. Um, and so I have a lot of rules in wrestling that I know to be true. Mm -hmm. um, so like the striking and like putting them together, like the rules, like help me put together like a, a good, you know, game plan for Maga Man, because I knew 
he needs to be. He I know what he needs. He needs his hands locked. He needs his hands locked around me. Um, so if I can strike in a fashion and grapple in a fashion that makes it very hard for him to do that, um, I felt like it was it was gonna be a, a a good night for me. Um, and that's pretty much anybody I fight. I mean, my game plan is pretty much to make you as uncomfortable uh for as long as I can uh throughout the fight. You know, uh, so like if you're you're a good uh, striker. I'm gonna make you uncomfortable by most likely wrestling you or 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 different types of striking uh, to get you, you know what I mean. I'm just playing rock rock paper scissors out there yeah. with whoever I'm uh, fighting. So um, yeah, so that was kind of my game plan. And then also like when I train too, uh, I train for like worst case scenario. You know, worst case scenario. I have no athleticism. I I have no. Uh, have no, um, uh, I guess stamina, um, and, and things like that. So I'm like, like in my head, like, uh, like that's when like the stuff is real. And when the stuff is real is like when I like want to be the, the strongest, like in my mind, you know what I mean? Uh, so like when I'm like the most, when I'm the most tired, that's when I'm like, uh, picturing somebody, even if, if I'm shadow boxing or, or if I'm, I'm fighting somebody, I'm picturing somebody there at their peak and I'm tired coming at me, you know what I mean? And, um, and I'm gonna have to deal with that because I feel like most people, when they train, they train for the good, you know, they train for like, um, like when everything is, is hunky dory, you know, everything is going according to plan and stuff. And, um, you know, I want to be, I want to be a beast, you know, when I'm feeling like a bitch, you know what I mean? So, uh, (laughs) okay. So, so with that, with the Magomed fight, like you just you controlled the position, you controlled every you controlled every aspect aspect of that fight. So yep. everything that he was doing, he just wasn't able to ever get in deep enough on the takedown. But then you yep. look at somebody like who's a little bit longer, probably a little bit not as good a wrestler, but is very dangerous all the way, and someone like Apache Mix. Yeah, because if he does get to your legs at all, or he does get to your body or press you to the fence. That's that's another animal you have to deal with, and you guys are right there in the same category of yeah. two and three or two and four somewhere in there. So yeah, that's a hot, that's a big strong possibility with your wrestling and his style of jiu-jitsu. Yeah, that they may try to match you guys up first. Yeah, and I'm 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 cool with that matchup too. I'll be his skinny fat self too because all I <laughs> think, um I mean he his box pretty much Patchy Mix just look mean. He don't really want to do nothing on his feet. He just look he want to look mean. And yeah. I, I'm going to just punch him in the mouth a lot of times. I don't know. You <laughs> called him and Archuleta. You found him in an elevator and you put out a, a great. <laughs> I've been trying to fight these guys, I feel like, for a while. But I understand, you know, uh, everybody's chasing the belt, you know, and nobody before before the tournament, like nobody really even now, like nobody really got a reason to, to risk everything they have to fight. Yeah. I mean, that's been my. That's been my kind of story, like, since I got to MMA, you know? Yeah. Even, like, uh, before, like, uh, the UFC, when they were telling me that I was I was next in line, you know, I was next in line, they were giving the people that have fights options. And, like, I'm never going to be the first option anybody's going to, uh, yeah. like, it, you don't, because you don't see a clear way of uh, beating me because I'm, I'm, pr- I'm good everywhere, you know? Um, so it's not like, oh, okay, this is what we got to do easy. This is what we got to do to beat this guy. You know, yeah, some, some of that, some of that blame though, could go on the UFC or not the UFC, but on Bellator because Bellator, like knowing that the tournament, cause they, I know that they, they've been working on this, putting this tournament together for almost a year. Uh, okay. So some of it, some of it could go on them. Like they don't want to go matching the best fighters up against each other too early. Yeah. Like, okay. Now who, now what do we have for the tournament to fight? 
You know what I mean? I know the outcomes could all be different, but if people have already seen all the fights happen, then this, they're not as inclined to watch. Promoters yeah. always think that they have the idea of how, okay, we'll, we'll put these and we think this is going to, we'll get this and then we'll get yeah. this. Doesn't work out that way. No. <laughs> and then I no. come in and screw up my command. There you go. That's your job. <laughs> come in, screw well, I mean, like, it all up. You got to look at it this way, though, too. They thought, okay, look, we have an escape plan. Like, say, okay, if, if Horiguchi beats Pettis, we have Stotts fight Horiguchi. Oh, yeah. You know? And if it didn't happen, now we're okay. Now let's go back to ground. Let's go back to ground zero. So, like, they, they're probably thinking, okay, look, now this is what we've got to do. Yeah. We're probably have you and Mix or you and somebody else, you know, like you. And like yeah. I said, it, I think it, right now we're just trying to figure out there's a good chance. Mm-hmm. And I, I haven't heard anything, but I'm saying there's a good chance you may see Horiguchi and Pettis in a rematch in the first round. Oh, yeah. I mean, given the way that that fight happened. I mean, like, right. yeah. And yeah, that's, that's true. You it? know what I mean? Like, that's one of the biggest upsets, you know, yeah. I think I've seen in a long time in the way that it all happened. You know, that, was, you God, that was insane. Like, that might have been the most epic moment I've witnessed in my life, uh, like, in uh, in person. person. That yeah, was, but like, I lost my see, voice. I was throwing chairs everywhere. Man, that was... That's crazy. what makes fighting what it is because, oh, see, there yeah. is... A, yeah, there's there's a judge's score. And, yes, Sergio was down yeah. on the cards. No doubt about it. Yeah. But all these people saying, oh, he got lucky. No, he did no. not get lucky. Yeah. That was a technique that he has used in the past. That is something that he planned to do. That is something that he executed, and yeah. it worked. And it's it no different than setting up an arm bar or anything like that. It's he like, a, caught, it's like a, a, a half court shot. You know what I mean? Like they throw it to go in. It's not like, all <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, so you take a look at it. Horiguchi was winning and, and everyone's got to look and say, you know, if you were watching the fight and if you're in that Bantamweight tournament, yeah, Horiguchi's coming off a loss, but that's not a guy you want to really fight because man, he is trouble in a lot of places. Yeah. Actually, stylistically, probably Horiguchi might be my toughest one now that I think about it. Um, he might be the toughest uh, style. I mean, I feel like uh, I'd have a better answer for what, what he, he brings to the table, but who knows? We'll see. We'll yeah. find out. What about what about him? Do you think is is difficult for will be difficult for you to deal with? So um, for for me, when I when I see Horiguchi, uh he's fat he's like super quick you know uh and he's like really darty in and out uh he covers distance fast and he gets out uh really fast and um and he he's kind of like elusive in his like uh, uh lateral movement you know um so that that would be something that i would have to address um i would have to address early and uh but I feel like my wrestling, I'm or my wrestling timing. Like people, or a lot of people think like I got like really good wrestling, which I have really good wrestling. But I have, I feel like even better uh, timing. And even when I did wrestle, like my timing uh, was really good. So um, being able to time shots or like take advantage of him closing the distance, um, I think will play to my benefit. You know, if uh, like if he closed distance too fast, you know, I'm I'm take I'm in on his legs um, and which I feel like he would fight me a lot. Like he tried to fight, um, uh, Caldwell. yeah. Like he, he tried to fight, uh, Caldwell, but Caldwell was able to get him down a lot. You know what I mean? And, um, I feel like I'm, I, I have better like pressure and stuff on top. Uh, I'd be able to, to keep him down and, and, and do some, uh, at least wear him out, do some damage mm-hmm. and, and wear him out. So, uh, that's where I feel like, um, but I, I, I'd have to address. And then it could be, it, it could be that he he's fast. He's 
you know, so fast that I, I can't get a get a read on him. You know, in, in that case, I'm gonna have to catch him uh, pretty much on the uh, on his exits. But I gotta I gotta work on uh, like closing distance faster, which uh, I've been working on something or uh, some things um, that will address that. You know, uh, but thing those those kind of two things together, that's the the biggest thing I gotta uh, mm-hmm. you know uh, worry or address. I feel like uh, with Horiguchi. Let's talk about, first off, you're, you're my favorite interview in the cage after you fight because you are on fire, okay? You are so fun. And you can say anything at that time. It doesn't matter. But you actually made the poor guy that has the button to silence what someone does. You gave him a blister when you were working with Josh up at the desk because you decided uh, to have some kind <laughs> You know what? I got my mother-in-law here now. Uh-huh. Uh, and, uh, that's something, Miss Didi. I've been freaking uh, working on trying not to cuss. Like freaking's good. Got, or since I've been a, a dad too. Like I've been trying like, not to cuss. You know, it's in all of us, dude. All of I have. I'm just. I don't have a, as a wide array of uh, vocabulary were, like you guys. You no, were, no, you no. Were chain, you were chaining it together pretty uh, damn well. <laughs> <laughs> I was loving it, man. I was cracking up, man. I'm sitting down there just listening. I'm, I'm laughing. You get me after I done had a drink and I got like taco meat out. I'm on. Hey, this is uh, that first city. <laughs> I, <laughs> I can't help it, man. I can't. I, 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 okay, so how'd you come up with the name taco meat? People were just cracking up online. How'd you come up with this Bro, taco meat taco thing? What is this? For, uh, like pretty much all my life. You ain't never heard taco meat? No, never heard taco meat. It looked like little, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, because you got a little curly hairs? Yeah, a little curly hair. A little chest oh, hair there, man. Jeez, little chest hair. I'm sorry, I never had chest hair. I never had that problem. You <laughs> never had oh, taco meat. <laughs> no, I never had. Never have. Don't have any hair now on my chest. What? None. Not not one. Bald oh, like a no. billiard ball. Yep. Oh, my yep. goodness. And then women love it. <laughs> <laughs> They ain't got about worried about putting their head on my chest and waking up with hair in their mouth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're like, they're like, oh wait, let me use that as a toothpick and floss my teeth real quick. <laughs> they don't gotta worry about that. Oh man, they wake up. They went, must be trying not- to get it out. I don't even want to know. Don't oh, even want to know. Oh, it's great. Oh, uh, okay. So go ahead, John. So with the family, Christmas yep. time. Merry Christmas to you. It is right at christmas here and so you got everything set you're all done you've done everything you're supposed to do or does mama do it all oh yeah mama does it all that's <laughs> the way to do it that's my man put it on mama <laughs> i just put on smile and uh and say oh yeah i got you that yeah or we got you that well we got you that um but yeah i'm actually hosting or we're hosting christmas so I mean, I feel like like a grown up this year. You know, I hosted Thanksgiving <laughs> with my family, and then um, uh, my wife's family is here now, and we're hosting Christmas. So um, yeah, everybody came down for the nice weather, and uh, we're, we're enjoying Christmas in Texas. So look at you growing, growing up, up hosting. Man. Scary. Right, who's, making, who's making food, or is it potluck style? Uh, I think uh, her mom is making food. Um, right. or and her sister, I think, are are making some some dishes. I don't know what what we eating yet. Actually, yeah. we doing a uh, or that might be tonight. We doing a, a shrimp broil, 
or something. I, I ain't doing nothing, obviously. Uh, <laughs> but, is, uh, but yeah, we're doing it. So. Now that we're talking about this, is how much? How much has your fight career changed you in terms of financially? Like, how much? What would you be doing if you weren't fighting? That's another question I should ask. Bro, I would be. I wouldn't be as happy as I am now. That's that's for sure. <laughs> um, I just feel like it's um, it's just. It's just opened up a lot of avenues that uh, being from where I'm come from, uh, I don't feel like was was in my future. Uh, just uh, just because, you know, looking at uh, maybe the people around the same uh, or just my family, you know, uh, we just got a lot of, you know, stuff going on. And um, uh, I feel like this is kind of giving me giving me just like a way to uh, like pick us up pick us up out of the mud you know what i mean so um like i'm i'm very grateful uh for fighting and also wrestling wrestling uh also changed my life drastically uh i was you know um i mean my mom pretty much her mom was a uh was a, a crackhead pretty much uh you know uh so she was addicted you know and um uh, my mom kind of changed that um and like moved us into a like a vibrant neighborhood so she was like trying to you know, do better for us. Uh, she had like an associate's degree, you know, which was the first uh, in our family, uh, like a degree after uh, high school. So, um, you know, I just want to like uh, kind of further that and, and set our fam, my family's trajectory, you know, uh, onto bigger and better. Yeah, uh, that's like a lot of motivation too. Or fighting has allowed me to fighting and wrestling kind of has allowed me to like change the trajectory of our family. Um, but I think I'll be able to do a lot more good, you know, after I win a million dollars, you know, so. there you go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you look at that tournament, is there anyone that you say that that's going to, that's going to, that has the potential of beating you? And you I mean, you, I don't know. You sit at home and you think to yourself, okay, these are the guys that I think yeah. could potentially do. Yeah. Something to uh, me. You know, when I, when I look at it, I look at it maybe different than you do, but what, what about no, you? No, I, I feel like, I mean, everybody has the potential uh, of beating me if I don't show up. Yeah. Um, even if I show up, I feel like uh, Sergio Horiguchi, uh probably won, uh, have the best uh, best chance at, or no, Magomed, Magomed, uh, have the best chance at uh, beating me, I feel like. Um, yeah, because I'm not like unbeatable, but uh, if I show up and if I, you know, do everything I'm supposed to be, I'm going to be unbeatable, so um I'll make sure of it, but yeah, that, those are the people that you know. Um, I'm definitely, I definitely have to be on my A game to to beat. Have you have you ever gone? Have you ever gone five rounds in a fight? Yeah, because um, all all of these fights are five rounds. Yeah, I went five rounds. Uh, I fought Rob Emerson uh, it, when mm -hmm. I was a VFC, uh, VFC, and um, I think victory fighting championship. Yep, victory fighting championships. Um. Yeah, that's uh the only time I think I've went five rounds. Got it. Got it. And then, does any concern with you in that situation? No, I felt I felt pretty. I feel like I'm a five round fighter, to be honest. Um, I just I usually, you know, uh, I usually like hit a stride around like, you know, uh, I I got people figured out, and um, I hit a stride around round, you know, five. I've been doing like uh. Six six minute rounds with um here at uh Adriana's this camp and you know I, mm -hmm. I feel pretty good. Got it. Josh. Let's talk. Let's get into one thing. You put out a great after you beat Magomed. You put out a a tweet 
and it was answered by Peter and Jan, and you guys were kind of going back and forth about, you know, who's the best yeah, Peter and Jan things like, like people that. calling me the best, man. Peter and Jan don't like that at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the way it goes. But he, he brought up your only loss yeah. was in Ring of Combat a long time ago to Marab Devashili, yep. and it was fast because you got hit by a spinning back fist and knocked you out, like, what, I want to say what, 15, 20 seconds into the fight, just started. So, yeah. okay. And uh, that's that was your only did it I know you don't want that loss, but what did you learn from it? And what do you think it's actually done I for you? I think for me, I not like, I, yeah, I didn't want to lose or whatever, but I, need, I needed not. that loss. I was talking to some of my um, teammates uh, just two days ago or something. Um so for me, uh, like fighting was a lot like wrestling and I was kind of approaching the mindset uh, of like going into a fight, kind of like wrestling. Um, so uh, in a wrestling match, I would usually go out, you know, you tie up a little bit, you kind of feel their strength, you kind of uh, uh, get um, kind of their timing down like a little bit, you know, um, but I wouldn't like really turn it up until like maybe the, the first round or the first period of wrestling was like three three minutes so i would like turn it up around like two minutes you know start you know uh picking up pace on on guys or whatever um and so i was like approaching fights like that you know i was posting fights like okay yeah you know i'm a i'm a kind of feel them out you know um and uh and it got to a point where like i, I was winning you know uh a lot and then i was i was forgetting that the guy is dangerous you know um and then also for me um most of the times when people fight me, they're going to fight up, you know, uh, at, at the regional scene I was on, you know, this guy's the two time national champion, you know, they, they're, they're like, their senses are heightened because they're nervous and, and all this type of stuff. Like, so they're fighting up, especially in the first couple seconds. So what I had to learn was when I approach a fight, like, yeah, I want to be calm and, and, and things like that, but I got to be super aware um, especially when the first, you know, uh, the first, the fight first starts, you know, um, I gotta be super aware. Um, I gotta be present in the moment. I gotta be, you know, aware of what's going on because this guy is super dangerous, especially, you know, when he's scared and fighting up, he's fighting in, in my head. When they fight me, they, they fighting the best, uh, that they fought, you know? So, um, so people are going to fight up to fight me usually. So, yeah, so that, I mean, I learned that because when I went into that fight, you know, uh, so I had, I was, I was on the, or Dana White had pretty much, uh, told me like, Hey man, you win this. Cause I, I met Dana White, uh, at like ringside after a fight I had. Um, and then, uh, he said pretty much like, Hey, you're going to go here and you're going to fight for a uh, ring of combat and, um, they're going to find a guy pretty much for you to fight. And uh, then you, you win that, then you're what's the name? So I was like texting back and forth with him, like like he was doing the deal uh, with me or whatever, because it was for his looking for a fight show. Uh, yeah. So in uh, my head, you know, I'm already okay. there. You know, I've already made it. <laughs> you know, I'm already spending the checks in my head. You know, <laughs> you'd already mentally put yourself in place. You're all almost the champion of that promotion. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm there the big thing, you know, I'm there. And so, uh, yeah, so when I had got to the fight, you know, um, I didn't think much of Magomed, you know, I, I thought he was a, a, a decent wrestler. Marab. Marab. Uh, Marab. I didn't think uh, much of Marab 
I thought he was a decent wrestler, but I thought, you know, oh, like I'll go in there, he'll be a tough fight, but eventually, you know, I'll come out, the better fighter will come out on top, you know what I mean? Um, and so even when I, I was warming up and when I went in, went into the fight, you know, I was kind of relaxed. Uh, I, I was just like too, I was too relaxed, you know? Uh, I just, I just thought things would like come to me and I didn't, uh, I didn't like go and take them, you know what yeah. I mean? I just, I thought like, oh, like I deserve this. I'm supposed to be here, you know, uh, it'll, it'll happen. And so when he threw, I think he threw uh, like a first kick, you know, and I have like automatic like responses in my my head, but it's not, I, I wasn't like, um, I'm like, I'm just like going through the motions pretty much, you know, like he throws a kick and I'm like, okay, I'm supposed to throw a one, two after, you know, uh, and, and close the distance. And, you know, I wasn't, I was, I just wasn't present in the moment. And, you know, I pay for it, which was was a uh, lesson that I had to learn that I needed to learn, you know, for me to be where I'm at today. So I'm like grateful for it. You know, I wish it didn't happen, but sure. I, I'm definitely grateful for it. Yep. I mean, we've I think we've all had those fights, though, where, you know, we learned a lot for from sure. the, some wins. We've learned a lot definitely from our losses. And, uh, you know, I feel like sometimes when you have the O that's behind you for so long and then you're having to carry yeah. that along with you. There's a lot of stress that comes along with it, you know, but then getting it out of the way, it's like, ah, I don't have the O anymore. It's like, you're frustrated about that, but it's also made you a better fighter and it's made you more exactly. aware of what really needs to take place. If you want to be considered one of the best in the world. And so that's good to hear. Um, exactly. And the, the good or like, I feel like, um, if you like when you have the O or whatever, if you can like take as many losses as you can, like in the gym, you know, then you won't have to, uh, like you won't have to go through that in front of like uh, people or whatever, but like some of those lessons are just hard to learn, you know, um, unless you like in a fighting, you know, the fighting atmosphere, like stuff is on the line. So, um, you know, it, it is what it is, you know, when oh, I'm gonna play a little fantasy here. When you look at the guys in 135 in the UFC or you look at the guys in the PFL or what other organizations available that are at 135, who, who do you when you look at them? Is there anyone in those organizations that stands out to you and goes, man, that kid's good? Yeah. Um, Corey Sanhagen is like like one of the best fighters I've uh, ever trained with. Uh, Adrian Yanez is one of the best fighters I ever trained with. But um, to be honest, Peter Yan is like, he's 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 good. He's like really good. I would, I would if, if there was like a fantasy where I could like, um, you know, uh, test my skills against him, um, I think I do very well because um, – I mean, I've, uh, I mean, just watching him fight and, um, uh, kind of like, you know, not, not that me and Corey are, uh, are, are fighting by any means, you know, but like, tr like mimicking, mimicking Peter, um, or, or trying to, you know, fight like Peter just to like help Corey Sanhagen. Uh, I feel like I had to do like, uh, some research on, uh, Peter, um, or Yoder. Peter or however you say his name. Um, just say, just say, Peter. Sorry, um, it's all good. Yeah, I, just, I feel like I would, I would do well because I bring different. Um, I, like I said, I, I bring different threats, you know, and and that's that's the thing. Like these these matchups are are will all be different because it's different threat. TJ is another dude that that I'm like, man, I would love to like test my uh, skills against. You know, I feel like I would do do well. And then also, you know, y'all like. Y'all kind of slighted my homie, so you know I kind of got. I want to beat y'all up, just you know, because of that. 
John, you got anything? No, dude. I just want to tell you, thank you very much for your time, man. You're a, you are a joy to be around. I love the your energy. Uh, your personality is fantastic. Keep it coming. Best uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, all that stuff to the family, all of the family there, and you take care of them and uh, want to appreciate you uh, coming on the show for us. Yeah, no problem, man. I, I appreciate you guys having me, man. John, thank you for opening up my eyes and thank you for, you know, uh, creating this opportunity for me. I feel like, you know, I owe you a lot, so uh, thank you. You and owe John, me nothing, brother. And Josh, you know, you know, I hated you before, but now we friends. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, no, no. Keep, hey, Rafia, keep hating him. Okay, Just man. keep hating him. The, <laughs> hey, bro, get, get at the end of the line. The list is long, buddy. It's and okay. distinguished. And I'm okay. I'm okay with that. I mean, you got your handless chest right. to fall back on, so. you. Yeah. Yeah, yes, I do. You yes, yeah. I do. There you go. My man, hey, thank you so much for coming on, man. You're always yes, a pleasure. You know that, man. I always like to give, we always like to give each other, you know, shit Hell when we yeah. see each other. But, hey, stay healthy. Stay healthy. Enjoy your Christmas with your family and the kids. And. And uh, yes, God bless, God you, bless you guys. Thank you, brother. Well, I want to wish everyone that's listening to us today a happy and very Merry Christmas from Big John and myself and Podcast Dave and the whole Wayne and crew. I want to thank you guys so much for supporting us over this whole year. But I also want to also thank one of our sponsors in mybookie.ag. Mybookie.ag. If you guys go there for any of the stuff, to any of the events, sporting events, fights, football, basketball anything they've got gambling on there they've got bets that you go ahead and lay down if you use our promo code wayne in at mybookie.ag they're gonna give you a little extra spending cash for your first initial buy-in so with that qr code right there they're gonna give you a little extra cash using our promo code wayne in if you guys use that code they're gonna give you some extra cash at mybookie.ag we want to thank them want to thank you guys so much for supporting us we want to thank them for supporting us as well and the way we can do that is by having you guys use our promo code Wayne in at mybookie.ag and please have a happy and very merry christmas from the whole Wayne in crew well that was a fun time with rafian stotts here's a guy man he's just got that he's got that energetic and that that personality you just grab onto because he's fun to be around he's great when you see him at the shows he's great he's even good with the other fighters in playing and having fun with them even the guys that he's going to end up being in a fight with He's a guy that you got to love his personality, the way he goes about the fight game. Take a look at what he's done. He is phenomenal. 17 and one at this point. John, those are the people you've got to fear the most. You want to know why? Because nothing to them is serious. They understand <laughs> that, that this is, this is, it's just still a sport and sure you can get hurt playing this sport on, you know, not like, a lot more than you can other sports, but he has learned to accept, like, hey, you win some, you lose some. You may have to fight your teammates. You may not have to fight your teammates. He's not letting anything get to him until the moment comes. And that's one thing that I felt like I felt like with myself. That was as I got older in my career, I started letting all that stuff just go by the side. And I felt a lot better as my career went on because, because of that. And I feel like he's got it under wraps at a lot younger age. And he's really just letting the moments present themselves. He's doing what he's got to do. He understands the situation that's come, that he's stepping into with this uh, Bantamweight World Grand Prix. There's a lot on the line. His teammate is the champion. There's a lot to, 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 to think ahead about, but he's not doing that. He's like, no, let's just take it one fight at a time. You know, let's train with the best guys we can. He's training with Corey Sanhagen up there at Elevation. Uh, as Elevator Elevation? Elevation elevation so he's up there surrounded by great talent there he's still over at duke rufus sports you know train with his teammate who's the champion in sergio pettis 
I liked his energy when he was at the desk with us for the last show. I loved his energy there. His taco meat on his chest. I got all that. I don't have taco <laughs> meat. I don't have the taco meat situation going on. So, I mean, you know, but, but look, he's fun. You know, he's got, he's he, one thing. He's not only is he fun, but he's extremely talented. He's athletic. He's athletic. His energy in the cage is good. He, he can wrestle people. He can take them down. He can control them. He's good on the feet. He's fast on the feet. He is one of those well-rounded fighters, and that's what you need to be if you want to be champion. Now, like we talked about some of the people he posed a threat. When you talk, when, when he was talking, John, who do you think poses him the most threat in that Bantamweight tournament? I actually think he he picked out the guys I think that are the biggest problem for him. I, I'm, I'm going to say that his teammate in Sergio Pettis, I'm not sure that he is based upon the wrestling and what he knows about Sergio, but it's also what Sergio knows about him, so that's a tough one, but... I would say Horiguchi is a tough style matchup just because it he matches his speed. Yeah. And he might even be faster. So that's always that element that I take a look at. Magomed Magomedov is another guy that you look at. He could be trouble because now he's been in there with you and he's going to make adjustments. And what adjustments does he make? And are you able to find the areas where you say, I could have been better here. This would have worked out better for me in this situation and make your own adjustments. So those are the two guys if I'm looking I go guys that he's already got a win against in one and Horiguchi being the other. I would say those are his toughest uh, matchups if they're put against him. Yeah. Yeah. I would have to say the same thing. Um, I would say for sure Horiguchi just because of the speed, also because of the power. So he possesses the power in the hands. The, he he, he um, described it perfectly. He gets in and gets out very fast. You know, and then he delivers his power and then he's out of there and he's got to make sure he finds a way to cut off the cage. He's got to find a way to for the timing on the takedowns, whatever it is. He thinks that he can out wrestle him, be like how Darian Caldwell did. And I would probably agree with him. But can he do it for five rounds? That's the other yeah. thing. Trying to hold Horiguchi down for five rounds is not the easiest thing. Um, and Horiguchi's no slouch either in stopping takedowns. And so when you see that, like that mix, but that makes for a really fun fight. Oh, I want to. I, I think for you and I both, we're just waiting to see how these whole how these brackets, how how the how they're all laid out. Because the fight that I really want to see the most is I want to see Magomed Magomedov versus Patchy Mix. That's yeah. the fight that I want to see. And I know it's not really fair because those two guys are ranked, you know, what three and four or two and like somewhere in there. Like, I think they're three and four. Maybe four. It's and like five, ah, yeah, it might be four, four or five, but yeah, I think they're three and four somewhere in there. That that style, it's not fair for both of them because they're both very, very good. But then when you get into it, like you you see, I could see Horiguchi getting an automatic rematch. Like I talked about with him, I said I could see that happening because the way that that fight played out, how it all happened, how it shocked the world, you know how that happened. And then I could see Higo and maybe and Stotts or you know Gallagher and Stotts. I could see that happening, you know. So there's a lot of good fights in that mix. Juan Archuleta and possibly you know. James Gallagher, that'd be fun. The, the trash talking between the two of them would be fun. Oh, so, would. you know, I mean, th there's those fights that are in there. So I, I'm looking forward to hearing, um, hearing how, hearing how they're going to break this thing up. But overall, I think if I had to pick a favorite, if I had to pick a favorite, it would probably be him. I, I know he's up there. Yeah, he's uh, it's it's between him and Horiguchi, and nothing against Pettis, the champ. But we saw Horiguchi was winning that fight. I know anything can happen. As we found out. But he was losing that fight in every aspect of the fight. So when I look at yeah, what but that's the brings, best. That's yeah. the best. Part. It only takes one, man. That's the whole. That's the beauty of the sport. 
Yeah, but when I look at the way, when I look at what Stotts brings to the table, like Horgood's going to have a hard time taking him down. Horgood's going to have a hard time with the speed because they're yeah. going to both be very equally fast. So that'll be a fun fight. You just got to make sure he doesn't get caught with Stotts and the same thing with uh, Horiguchi when the both of them are fighting. That should be fun. We should see. I'm, I'm excited for that tournament. Oh, Dave, Can't you got wait. some you got some news for us, brother. Uh, yep. So I uh, I figured <clears throat> since there's not a whole lot to, is news to talk about, um, there were a couple of things that came from us that made headlines, and they actually came from Wing Interjection. So Uh-oh. for you guys that don't know, who did uh, we Wing, piss off? Wing Interjections on our extra channel, and it's a short show. It's a quick takes. So John and Josh both get like you know forty seconds each, approximately, to talk about uh, some some hot topics. Um, and so the two things that come up, John, were around Derek Lewis being a gatekeeper and um, Jose Aldo being the guy that could be Aljamain Sterling. And what and during that conversation, we talked about Dom Cruz and Jose Aldo kind of being, um, you know, far along in their career and do they have a chance at, um, at getting the title. So let's start with the Derek Lewis piece where, um, you know, I posed the question to you guys, is Derek Lewis a gatekeeper at this point after the two title losses? Um, and so... You, you know, basically the headline is that you said Derek Lewis is a gatekeeper at this point in his career. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. Go ahead, I'm John. Not... Dig yourself out of this one, yeah, buddy. dig yourself let's out of this go. one. You want a pitchfork and a shovel? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, let's not give you that. You might get hurt. That's okay. No, no, it's just got to have height to it. <laughs> oh, geez. Look, Derek Lewis is one of my favorite fighters to watch. I say it all the time. I love the guy. He's a He's a joy as far as the comments that he makes in the media days, the comments he makes in the cage. And I will tell you that, you know, when I was refereeing, he was the guy that you worried about because of the power and strength that he possessed, especially if the fight hit the ground. You never saw guys getting up off of the ground when Derek Lewis was on top of him. So he's a awesome fighter. The problem is this, and this is the way I looked at it, is... Derek Lewis has lost two title fights, all right? And and you can go and you, you take a look at, you know, history and the way things are. When you have a guy who has lost two title fights without ever being the champion, there's never a guy that I can come up with that's gotten a third. Now, Derek Lewis might. He might get that third. But there hasn't been anyone that's gotten the third. Kenny Florian was right there. Kenny had... Uh, I believe two losses for the title. He lost to BJ Penn. He lost to Sean Shirk. Didn't he go to 45 and fight for the title? Did he fight Aldo? He might have. Yeah, he might have fought I, I, Aldo. I thought he went to 45 and fought for the title. But again, switch of weight class. But he'd be the only guy that I could say if there was, that would be three. You know, uh, Dave told me someone said something about, you know, Michael Bisping. You know, what about Bisping? Bisping got one freaking title shot and out of all his it, fights yeah out of all his fights <laughs> he never got the title shot michael bisping was an amazing fighter when you take a look at what he did throughout his career but it was luke rockhold was his first title fight and he won and so you can go and take a look at you there are guys that have won the title before that got more title shots yeah like a jose aldo and stuff but they've already been champions Derek has not been that champion, and since he hasn't been the champion and he's already gotten the two title shots, he's in that position where, the U- as the UFC, what you've seen in the past, they're not real quick 
since they've never really done it, except maybe, you know, Kenny Florin, if you go to the, the difference in the weight classes, they're not quick to give anybody that shot. And this is over, you know, a lot of years. And so that's why I'm saying, yeah, he's kind of in that gatekeeper role because not that he can't fight, not that he can't beat people. And you brought it up, and I thought it was the perfect comment of, they got to be really careful because he can beat a lot of people. Yep. And he can beat your top talent. And when I was saying, you know, the guys that I see that, you know, are in the upper echelon of the heavyweight division, Francis would probably be the one that I say is not the most technical. He's very much like Derek Lewis. He's more power-based. He's that powerhouse. But if you take a look at Cyril Gaon, who's got a win over <sighs> Derek Lewis, technical. He's technically very proficient. That gives Derek problems. I think Stipe would give Derek problems. Technically proficient fighter. John Jones, if he ever fights at heavyweight, a technically proficient fighter. Those are the guys that I look at and say, well, those are the be the top guys in the heavyweight. Those are tough matchups for Derek based upon their technical skill can get them into places and positions in the fight. And the one thing that Derek doesn't have going for him is he doesn't have a big gas tank. He's got that, you know, I'm going to step on the gas and I'm going to crush you like he did, you know, with Chris Dawkins when he decided, you know, to, to put his foot on the gas there look at what he's capable of doing. But he's in that position. It's a rough position for the UFC as a promotion and it's a rough position for him as a really good fighter. Yeah. Well, we talked about this the other day on Wayne Interjection, which is on our clips on our extra channel, um, is the reason why. I said that it's dangerous for the UFC is because he possesses the power to finish anybody that they put in there with. And so if you have someone like a Tom Aspinall, that kid is extremely talented, but do you really want him to go in there and fight Derek Lewis? Yeah. Now I think he's got, he's got a lot of the skill to get the takedown. He's got a lot of skill to like with the jitsu. He's got those, those areas where he can be more technical than Derek Lewis, but in power, it can change at any second, any moment. In any round of that fight, it doesn't matter. We've seen him do it. He, we saw him do it to Volkov with what, like 10 seconds left. He knocked him out. How many you know, times have we seen him do it? And so that's the point is that do you want your young talent continuing to 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 lose to that guy? Or do you just kind of pussyfoot around it and have them not fight him? The ones that you think can be the champ. So that's kind of, I'm you know, like unless you got someone who's extremely, um, like you said, uh, skilled in terms of their technique. You know, like like a Cyril Gone or a Stipe or, you know, like DC. Those guys, they made it look easy. You know, or DC kind of made it look easy when he fought him because all he had to do was just get him down. Took him down, dominated yep. top position, made it look easy. I believe DC even had like a fractured hand at the time yeah, he when did. he fought him. And so that that fight all came about. And it's like <clears throat> all you need to do is have a little bit of technique when it comes to the wrestling to beat him. But in that process, you got to be very careful. And so with the UFC, when I meant by it's dangerous, that's what I meant. It's dangerous to have somebody who possesses that much power as your gatekeeper. And I don't think, I, for me, I feel like they're not going to make him a gatekeeper. They're going to try to continue to get him beat, but they've got to be careful with who they pick and choose to beat him. Do you think they're going to try to get him beat? I don't think that they're trying to get him beat. I, I think they'd look at it and go, well, let's see how you do against this guy who is a problem for everyone when it comes to certain aspects of the fighting game. I don't, I don't, when you say that though, they're good. They're hard people to, for everyone to beat in the heavyweight division. But do you, do you want to take a chance with like a Tom Aspinall? Do you want to take a chance with him fighting Derek Lewis? 
I don't I think don't. you do. Not right I, now. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Somebody not like him. But then you take someone like I'm trying. I can't think of the heavyweight division right now in that area. But you take someone like a Stipe. If you want to get, if if you don't want him to be so ranked high, like if you don't want Derek Lewis ranked so high, so that I can kind of, you can kind of have guys that you are young and talented can jump over him. You have him fight Stipe. Stipe gets the win, and then maybe Stipe gets closer to another title shot because he is your longest reigning heavyweight champion ever. And there's a little story there. You know, I don't know if that's going to happen. I'm just simply saying, like I can yeah. see get Derek Lewis to step back a little bit. I think so they could get their younger talent past him a little easier. But if he's just sitting there at three and four or or two and three the whole time, they're gonna have, he's gonna have to fight some of them, and that's gonna make it look even worse. Yeah, like, but I think I think skipping him. One of the good things about Derek Lewis, he doesn't turn down fights when they oh, call yeah. him and say, "Hey, man, we you know we we have this guy, he'll take it." Yeah, you know. So and so, Josh, he did just. He did just beat number seven, who is Chris Dalkus, and ahead of him is Rosenstruck, Volkov, and Blades, um, of which, you know, he's he's, he's already didn't he already beat Ro- uh, Rosenstruck? No, that was uh, in Garden. No, he beat it? Blades. Yeah, he beat Blades. Yeah, he beat Blades. Yeah, and then Francis beat Rosenstruck. Didn't I don't think so. Uh, I think Francis, like, Francis beat uh, Rosenstruck. Yeah, I saw that. He Quickly. hasn't fought Rosenstruck, no. Okay. No. Um, but he did beat Blades, um, and he did beat Volkov. Um, yeah, and then. Right behind him is um, uh, right behind Chris. Sorry, is uh, it's Tom and a- Tom, Tom Aspinall's there. Um, yeah, Tuivasa's yeah. there, um, and then Type. See Tuivasa, that's a good fight for him. Yeah, that's a snobber blocker right there. <laughs> yeah, and then Aburakimov. Um, I don't know Shamil Aburakimov. Mm. Yeah, so he's right there as well. They're just well, right behind. Dawkins. So you got ta- you got Tom Aspinall there. So he's in that mix. Like, how do you get him around Derek Lewis? Derek's it's, number three as well, by the way. So yeah, you know. so Derek's gonna have to. They're gonna have to drop Derek down a little bit to like five or six, so he could skip Derek. If you keep him at three, he's gonna have to fight Derek. Because if you get into that mix, like he, if he not, if, if he can't beat Derek, then he's gonna have to fight Cyril Gone or he's gonna fight Ngannou if Gano loses. So now where are you at? <laughs> like now you're dealing with double the shitty position. So if you drop him out of that position, then you can have him get up to number three. Okay, Ngannou was just champion. Now I can go ahead and have him just skip Ngannou and go right to the title shot. But you can't have him skip top. You can't have him skip number number two and number three or number one and number two. So it's yeah, you got to get him out of you got to get him out of there if he's not going to fight for the title. I want him to fight again for the title because I like Derek Lewis. I love everything about him, man. He's oh, a he's huge fan of Derek phenomenal Lewis. as far as his personality, what he does in the yeah. I like what the he only, does in the, the cage, only fight, John. What's that? I like what he does in the cage. I like the way the, he fucking plays possum and then he fucks absolutely. you up. Absolutely. The only I fight I that. can say that was horrible was his fight against Ngano. Yeah. You know, that one was a snooze fest on both guys. He got the win, but it was a snooze fest because they kind of just stalked each other because they're both respectful of the power. Yeah. But, I mean, he's, he's that guy, man. You take a look. He's going to beat a lot of your... Heavyweights just based upon his power. It's the guys that are, at least in some ways, technically better. You know, like you talked about with Corey, you know, Cormier. You know, Daniel's wrestling. As soon as Derek was on his back, he's got problems. Yeah, he's not a jujitsu guy. So I know he's got the loss against uh, uh, Junior Dos Santos. Technically, a cleaner stand-up fighter, much like you know. If you're looking at Stipe, you know, Miocic, that's the whole thing. Stipe could use his striking with him and be the guy that plays the technical game, which I thought Chris Dacus was trying to do, 
moving in and out, or he can use his wrestling and get him off of his feet, take him out of that power realm and put him in a place like where Cormier did. That's why I say that's a hard matchup for him. But, I mean, you take a look at who he's fought. He's got big wins against big names, and he's a great fighter. He's fun. I will watch him every time. It's not that I, you know, when I say, you know, the, the question was, is he a gatekeeper? And I'm looking, I'm going, yeah. He, I guess, you know, if you're going to say he's in that position based upon, and I think I said it, the fact that he's had two title shots and he's lost both of them and he's never been the champion, it puts him in a hard spot. Yeah, I get you. Do you think, though, that um, Stipe being number two coming off the loss to the tit- for the title and Derek being number three coming off this win, does that make that matchup, um, like, the, the matchup to make? Well, I think what Stipe tends to do, and I think, he, which, you know, I didn't give him credit for the longest time. And I did give him credit. What I was, I was taking DC side. So, because that's what I do. Um, is, <laughs> okay, there you go. Is, is what um, I do. Yeah, is Stipe is going to wait for another title shot. He's going to wait for the winner of this and probably say, like, hey, I deserve a title shot. Because he's been the longest reigning heavyweight champ and he's defended it the most, all those things. That's what I think he's going to do. I don't think he has any interest in fighting Derek Lewis. You know, I mean, I could see him potentially they, them making him fight um, the loser to see if he can get a title shot against them. But I, I don't see that either, only because he's number two. So why would I fight the loser? Why not the loser fight Derek Lewis? You know, you have Francis Ngannou maybe fight him, and I don't think they'd have him fight Cyril Gunn again. So I think Stipe could make he could make a case for himself to just jump everybody or not jump everyone. Sorry, jump one person, the loser of the of the actual thing, of the of the fight, and then fight for the title. It makes sense, and that's what Stipe has been known to try and do. He'll sit and wait, and he'll continue to do what he does. He's older too. What is he? Thirty seven, pushing thirty. Oh, he's older than that. Yeah, Stipe's thirty nine. Thirty nine. So like, there's there's no reason for him to say like, yeah, let me go ahead and fight Derek Lewis first. You potentially get knocked out, but I could just go ahead and fight for the title. Doesn't make sense. So I don't know if they're into that. The UFC is into that, but I mean they should be. All right, what else you got for us, Dave? All right, so I think we I think we actually won. Um, the the Aldo and Dom Cruz thing. Um, basically, it was just highlighting that John had um, John had said you know Aldo is the one over Dom that stands a chance. Um, okay so let's think let's talk about this for a second okay i love how people get their panties all up in a bunch over this if you take a look at aldo right now where is he good josh where's aldo good at on the feet okay so if you were going to say who's a better stand-up fighter aljamain sterling or jose aldo yeah, I'd say Jose. No doubt about it. Yeah. Now, submission-wise, I'll actually go with Aljamain, even though Jose is the black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I think Aljamain is a more dynamic submission guy than Aldo, but he's got to get Aldo to the ground. Not an easy task. A lot of people have tried. A lot of really good wrestlers have tried. And not that Aljamain isn't a good wrestler. It's just that his wrestling transfers a little bit differently in this situation. And I believe he's going to have a really hard time getting Aldo to the ground, just like he had a hard time with Peter Yawn. Now, I'm not saying he can't get him there, but when he gets him there, is he going to be able to put him away there? I don't think so. And so he's going to get back to his feet. And on the feet, Aldo has a, 
he's got a sizable advantage. He is very fast. If he uses his leg kicks, he's got power in his hands. Let's just be honest. If you were going to say between Piotr Jan and Aljamain Sterling, those are your two Bantamweight champions in the UFC right now, which one would you pick Aldo to get a win over? Would it be Aljamain or would it be Jan? Yeah, we've already seen what happened with Peter Jan. Okay. Yeah, so I would say Aljo. Pretty yeah. simple. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't understand what the problem. That doesn't is. mean that doesn't mean Aljamain can't beat Aldo, but if I was yeah. going to pick Aldo to win the title, I would put him against Aljamain Sterling. <laughs> yeah, we've already seen that it was not a it was not a pretty sight when he fought Peter Jan. Now I've also seen uh, Aljo start using his kicks a little bit more. And as he starts using his kicks, the fights tend to change. If he was Did you to say do that Aldo against, or Aldo, sorry Aldo. Okay, Aldo, because it's close. I've also okay. I've also seen Aldo start using his kicks. Yeah. And so Aldo, if if he does use his kicks, which he didn't use against Peter Yan, if he does, it, the fight may change, and it may change quickly, yeah. because that tenacity that Peter Yan walks down people with, that aggressiveness, he may have to end up fighting Southpaw then. If he's not already sub, I don't know. Anyways, he may he may have to switch stances to, and he may not be as good in that well, direction. If you go back to the Aldo Piotr Jan fight, Aldo did attack his leg. In fact, he gave him some problems, and you saw Piotr switching stance a lot mm. based upon Aldo was using that leg kick. He's you know his coaches saw it, he saw it, he knew it was something that needed to be done. He just couldn't maintain it. Oh, I don't remember that. I don't remember. Go back that. and watch. I'm gonna have to. All right. Well, I guess we're gonna see. I mean, yeah. I guess we're. He's right there now. So he is he's right at the top. So I, I can't. I can't think of. I mean, who else would they have him fight? T.J. Dillashaw. T.J. is supposed to be next in line for the title shot after the winner of this Peter Yawn and Aljamain Sterling. Uh, he just beat Rob Font. Uh, you got Corey Sanhagen, who's in that mix as well. I mean, you could see them two fighting. I, I don't yeah, know. well, if 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 they, you know, which they are doing, they're putting Aljamain and Piotr Jan together, which is the right fight. Mm -hmm. And so you're looking, it's not going to be, uh, you know, Aldo's in that position. He's got to sit and wait. So if he wants to, you know, in a way guarantee that he's going to get that next shot, then uh, yeah, TJ is the guy to fight. Yeah. Because that definitely puts him in that position he should be next. That's a tough fight for, for Aldo. Yeah, it is. Stylistically, it's a tough <laughs> fight for him. Yeah. The mixture of wrestling, the mixture of, but who knows? You know, if TJ coming off of the way his, you know, coming off his knee surgery, will he be able to take leg kicks? You know, um, he, he, he only has one fight back, you know, and then, and then he went on a long layoff again from a knee injury. Yep. Yep. So it's not a lot of time in the cage in the last four years. No, very little. Yeah, a lot of questions to be answered in that situation, but I mean, Aldo, I can't believe he's still doing it, man. He's been <laughs> seems like he's been doing it fucking forever. But he, and he's not that old though. No, I know he's 34, uh, 33, 34? 35. Jeez, man, thirty-five. Is he thirty-five now? Thirty-five. Just okay, just turned thirty. Oh, that's it. Just turned. all done. Just kidding. Just turned. <laughs> All right, well, hey, guys, hopefully you guys enjoyed the show. We did a little Christmas show for you guys, and you guys, I don't know if we're gonna, are we dropping this today, Dave? Um, it will be dropped on no. the twenty-six. Oh, so, so we're going to drop it on uh, Sunday morning? Yep. Okay, we'll drop it on Sunday morning. Well, hopefully you guys enjoyed your Christmas, okay, since we are talking to you guys after. 
Hope you guys enjoyed your Christmas with your family. <clears throat> you guys all got home safely. And the kids just tore up the house and all the presents and you guys enjoyed your time. That's the most precious part of this uh, holiday and these times. So hopefully you guys enjoyed it. And I want to thank you guys so much for this year of you guys supporting our, our show. And um, it means a lot to me. It means a lot to John. I know that. And uh, we don't really care what podcast Dave thinks. But <laughs> we are very grateful for all of you fans, for all 108 or 9,000 subscribers that we have. We want to thank you guys so much from the bottom of our heart. And Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. John? To everyone out there, Merry Christmas to you. Happy holidays. I hope you got to spend them with uh, your loved ones and you've enjoyed the time. And thanks for tuning in, and we will see you.